Hey guys, welcome to episode 49 of the JV Club with first ever returning guest Tig Notaro. This episode was recorded live at SF Sketchfest, the comedy festival that I co-founded and co-produce and direct with my two partners, David Owen and Cole Stratton. Uh, it was recorded on Saturday afternoon, February 1st, and um, it was an absolute joy. I am so, so grateful to Tig for coming back onto the podcast. I had recorded an episode with her um, shortly before, uh, listen, I'm just going to say it, the proverbial shit hit the proverbial fan. She has had an extraordinary uh, year, uh, as she likes to say, more like four months of her life where everything got turned upside down. And uh, I'm sure many of you have already heard bits and pieces of the story or uh, listened to her spectacular album, Live, uh, which was uh, the stand-up set that she did at Largo that um, got a lot of attention. And uh, I will say that I think that we delve into some stuff uh, regarding what happened to her uh, in maybe a little more of an intimate way than uh, she has done in interviews in the past. And uh, again, I'm just so honored and humbled and and grateful that she uh, trusted me and trusted the extraordinary audience that we had in San Francisco to do that. Um, I encourage you, if you've not listened to her episode uh, that I did with her and you're interested more in what her teenagerhood was like, check it out. It's really great. It's funny and warm and interesting and um, everything you would expect from Tig. So uh, please enjoy this episode. I am going to, believe it or not, forgo shout outs today. Uh, we may have some new listeners to this episode and also I am so behind in shout outs that uh, I really need to get caught up. So next week's intro will include many, many um, for the time being. Thanks to everybody who came to this show. And uh, again, thanks to Tig and um, enjoy the episode. Please uh, weigh in with your questions and comments online uh, via Twitter, via the Facebook page, um, via Nerdist, via iTunes. I've come to hate the word via now as many times as I just said it. Thanks, guys, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. Put your hands together for Janet Varney. guys oh, oh a call and response hey guys hey. oh call and response my full name uh first and last hey guys hey. Oh, that is fantastic i don't know why i've never done that before thank you for starting that uh for conceiving of that gonna do that every room i walk into from here on out with a microphone um I, uh, I'm so glad to, to welcome you to my only second ever uh, live JV Club podcast. Um, delighted. I, uh, I like to start out almost every podcast I record by apologizing. So for something, for those of you who've listened to the podcast, I want to apologize for not having a musical guest. Um, can I be honest with you? 
Number one, it takes a lot to produce this festival. Thank God for my partners, Cole and Dave, and for our amazing staff, um, and for you guys for showing up year after year and giving us a reason for doing this for 12 years running. But um, also, uh, it becomes very difficult to program your own stuff and actually do your own performing and stuff when you're, when you're, when you're on top of all of that. Um, so why not dream really big when you don't have the time to even dream a little bit? I knew that Tig and I had a mutual love of Chrissy Hine. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get Chrissy Hine. And I'll surprise Tig. Guys, that's not a possible thing. <laughs> I, I think I thought, like, I have more mocks. I mean, I, think I, just, I just think I had, like, I thought I had more behind me than I do in terms of, like, listen, all these people have done the podcast. Tignataro's amazing. I couldn't, get, I couldn't get anywhere near Chrissy Hind. But, uh, but I will. <laughs> Through legal or illegal channels. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm so excited to have this. Uh, I guess it's a rematch. Um, I hope that it doesn't become violent, but uh, with with Tignataro, she will be the first guest I have ever had on for a second time. Um, I can't think of anybody else I would rather uh, do that with, and when I put her episode out, I did say, um, wow, a lot of stuff has happened to you since we recorded this. Uh, it would be really cool if you wanted to come do another one, and she was fielding so many different requests from so many different people who are uh, much better known than I am, and uh, and she agreed to to do it, and uh, and the fact that she's here and doing it live really means a lot to me. So, um, without further ado, I would like to welcome uh, our guest for this afternoon, uh, Tignataro. You know, there's no balcony. You know that you were you were waving into the balcony, but there isn't a balcony. There will be. Wow. There will be. Uh, what if I just did this the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> it might actually put me at ease. Would you mind? No, I'm already doing it. Yeah. She's so wiggly. Just let's really do other, let's do other things that only a live audience can see and that the people listening to this episode later will have no idea what we're talking about. She's just, we're just wiggling uncomfortably, guys, for anyone who's listening to this. It's basically for people, this is going to go out into the, into the internet, right? Mm-hmm. I was just situating myself repeatedly. Yes. That's a good way of putting this chair. it. Almost as though you had a very sunburned butt. And you I couldn't do. find a way, do you? Yes. What, how did that happen? Uh, well, I go, I tan. Just face down with only my precious bottom out to be seen. I like to think when we make jokes like that, that someone out there does that. Someone has a weird fetish for just wanting like perfect round circles of tan on their buns. Yeah, Yeah, I said buns. Precious bottom. Their precious bottom. (laughs) Precious bottom sounds almost like it could be a student at Hogwarts. (laughs) Hufflepuff. Precious bottom. Who's with me? Yeah. I had this idea <clears throat> once for <clears throat> an open an open asket. <laughs> where you can kiss someone's ass goodbye. Yeah. So 
So that's the only thing showing. It's it's like a glory hole at a funeral for butts. <laughs> People are just like. <laughs> It's good for, like, bosses. Like, when you don't know what to get your boss, for the boss who has everything, get him a, a, or her. an open asket. Nope. Only Not men in my are world. bosses? Not in my world. <laughs> What's um, wrong with you? Are you looking at the balcony again? A lot of things. Again? I thought that light said R2-D2, but it, <laughs> it says... What does it say? R6-Z. Hmm. No, R-G-Z. I'm sorry. I don't feel that you meant that apology deeply enough. I'd like you to extend a more formal apology. In fact, I'd like you to get off your precious bottom and apologize formally to the audience. <laughs> Somebody was like, oh. Don't make don't her make get her up. Oh. She had cancer. <laughs> don't spoil the surprise. Oh. <laughs> For she's a jolly good fellow. Oh. Um... So here's, so here's what. Uh, Tig, I think what I just figured out in my head doing some JV, uh, JV Club podcast math was that I think Tig was actually the first, either the first or the second uh, podcast episode I ever recorded. So I really for sure didn't know what I was doing, not to say that I do now. But, um, but I was super amped up about the idea of what the podcast was going to be. I had my wish list. Tig was at the top. Um, I reached out to her. Uh, that's a whole had, process. That what? Reaching out to you is a whole process because of your email. Um, it's a whole process. It's a whole process. She can be she can be tough to get to, guys. Um, um, even though we already knew each other. <laughs> even Except for you guys today, right now, you had a very easy time getting to. Tea. You could like rush the stage and get to me immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but after right now, <laughs> good luck. Done. <laughs> Sounds and like I mean an invitation that. Best to of me. Um, and then you agreed to do it, and I came to your uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. Your I called a loft. You, I yeah. came to your loft. It is a loft. That's fair. I didn't even realize I was riddled with cancer. You didn't realize. Didn't even know it. I was just hanging out. So with... you're saying that you didn't just like real quick get cancer overnight? <laughs> no. Okay. Apparently, I had it. So you come over, you don't know I have cancer. We're just uh, hanging out talking like nobody has cancer in the room. Hold on. I just need to make this about me even more and really project back and think about whether I even would have come over if I knew. <laughs> Probably not. A lot of people respond with, ooh, gross, no thank you. Right? <laughs> no can do. I know I wouldn't have shook your hand. <laughs> you, I'm <yeah>. not crazy. <laughs> Uh, but it's funny because it reminded me when you were when you were shifting in your seat that I think you were sitting in a rocking chair when we spoke. And, sure. Uh, and I liked that it was a, like a nice homey rocking chair experience. Of I like to relax. It was great. It was great. I'm sorry I couldn't provide a rocking chair. Well, that's why I was resituating. Um, so I caught you right before all that shit went down. What? Yes. I got. Uh, we recorded the podcast. Nothing. You d- you hadn't had pneumonia. No. You hadn't had C. diff? No. Everyone, mother... Has everyone listened to... You know, I, you know what? It doesn't, by, it doesn't have to be by a round of applause, but obviously, Tig's Largo <laughs> set, which everyone uh, has either read about or, or listened to, um, she talks a lot about the Or maybe the you stuff haven't. That, that would be through. fascinating. Anybody not know? Should we play know? the whole thing right now? It's half an hour. Does anyone here not know? You don't know. You're just like, what happened Who to Who are Tig? you? What? what? I'm... All right. 
We'll, we'll I'm in so here we'll... to get out of the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I heard our box office manager explaining that this wasn't the Embarcadero Cinema uh, while I was coming out for some other reason, and, and then I got to hear how disappointed the person was when they found out that it was a live podcast <laughs> and not a, a movie oh, that they could Tig? see any day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's what happened, you. Um, so... Again, Lady in the third row, me. this story goes out to you. Yeah. First of all, let's start with the beginning and the, the basics. My name is Janet Varney. I have a podcast called The JV Club. Uh, My name is Tig Notaro. And I had cancer. So those are the two things about us. The most important and only pieces of information that you need to know. Um, and, uh, and I recorded this episode with Tig. And then right afterwards, the episode I recorded with her gave her pneumonia... C. diff, cancer, family death, breakup. My whole family didn't die. I should have said, ah, family death. But, ah, your family death. Yes. Not just someone else. Yes. I mean, it, there's a good chance someone else died, too, over the last year. Our whole family. Not in your family. Nobody in our family has ever died over... <laughs> Whoa! Not for generations. Everybody must have really come as a shock. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah, that was our um, first loss. Yeah. This is, uh, I, I guess I, you knew that we were going to be, uh, that we were going to joke about this stuff. Um, but I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. But we will be joking about all of this stuff for the rest of the podcast. So I apologize if you can't, if you don't want to hear it. Yeah. I didn't know we would be joking, Janet. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking askance. <sighs> I can tell you some stuff about me and you can tease me about it. So far, all we've established is that I have a podcast. Nothing's funny to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely made the right choice having Tig on. Definitely made the right choice. Um, So, so yeah. So I did this podcast episode, and then we, um, and then I had asked you for pictures of you when you were a teenager. Yeah. And she wasn't sending them. It's hard to get a hold of. She wasn't sending them. She's hard to get a hold of. And I was like, why is she so not sending these pictures? And, I, and my emails got more and more abrasive. They were never <laughs> abrasive. But I would every once in a while, because hey, I was like, I was so excited. I'd be like, hi, Tig. How tough could it be? Hope you're well. Sure you're swamped. Uh, How tough could it be to get an adorable photo of yourself over to me? Yeah. <laughs> What's stopping you? What's wrong? And then, everything's wrong, Janet. Well, hold on. So finally, she deigns to send me a response about what I would consider to be one of the more important things in her life, getting that picture to me. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've been really sick. Then my mom died. No, you know what? Then it was, first it was just, I've been really sick. And I was I like, are pneumonia. you that sick that you can't send me a picture? <laughs> And two then weeks, two weeks of pneumonia. Yeah, and yeah. then still no picture. Even though you, I heard you got out of the hospital. Huh? <laughs> well, I wasn't in the hospital. <laughs> They're like rolling me out. I'm like, wait, <laughs> flipping through photo Janet albums. Barney. Oh, this is adorable. <laughs> I don't like what I'm wearing in this one. <laughs> um, well, I wasn't in the hospital. I just I had pneumonia for a couple weeks, and then I took antibiotics. And the antibiotics 
caused me to contract something called C. diff, which is where the bacteria in your body, like everything gets, all the bacteria in your digestive tract just gets cleared out. And the only thing, everybody has C. diff in their bacteria. It's a kind of bacteria. But um, that's the only thing that survives when the antibiotics clear out your bacteria. So C. diff, when it's alone, is deadly. And it just takes over your digestive tract and starts eating away at your intestines. And I couldn't even drink water. It it was like they almost had to remove a chunk of my insides because it was just really bad. And um, and it was crazy because when I was in the hospital, everybody was, they were like, this is so weird because normally people that get C. diff, you're either elderly or sickly. And so they were like, you're a fairly young, healthy person. So everybody was just baffled. And you were like, are you hitting on me? Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't seem the time or place. <laughs> but I'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, and then getting pneumonia is a big deal, too. I mean, sure. had nothing else happened to me the whole year, it would have been the year of like, Remember that? pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was at the hospital, and then I got out. Still didn't get a picture to her. Right? Okay. So, still didn't get the picture to me. Then I find out your mom passed away. My mother tripped, hit her head, and uh, died. And that was right after I got out of the hospital. And so, I couldn't get the picture... I, I don't. I really don't know how to joke about your, your mom because that is like the most horrifying thing ever. It was in horrifying. addition to everything else that you've been through. But um, but I did. Funny. I I did. I certainly sent you an email saying I don't. What do you even say in a situation like this? Can you send me the picture? <laughs> what if I had? You probably would have, in a weird way, appreciated that. In a weird, fucked up way, I wonder. No, if I wouldn't. <laughs> I was rock bottom. I'll be honest. All right. Oh. Right, all right. I had crawled under my childhood bed and was crying. Understood, understood. And I was still in pain because C. diff, it's not like you go, oh, I'm done with that. Some people do. Like you get over it. Some people respond fine and they get over it and then they go about their lives. Um, Other people... I'm sure build back up, right? Do you sort of build your... You do, but sometimes the damage it's done to your insides and then also just some people... Some people respond better and they're fine and then other people struggle for days weeks months years or a lifetime yeah um but my i didn't really understand i had just gotten out of the hospital when my mother it was days later and so i was back in texas for her funeral and i was not able to eat anything other than just this powdered uh concoction with water like it's so hard because your insides are just wrecked and um so they were sustaining me in the hospital on iv and all that and so my weight i had only lost maybe five to seven pounds at that point but then when i got out of the hospital i wasn't being sustained by anything and i was having trouble eating and so I couldn't leave my mother's house when I got to Texas because I, I wasn't even well enough to really travel there to begin with. 
And, uh, and then once I got to Texas, we went, she was buried in Mississippi in our hometown. And then when we got back to Texas, I was just like, I was trapped there because I was so ill and the damage it had done to my insides. I started losing half a pound a day and it was just so brutal. I, I was, and it's so funny cause like in LA to be like, I was almost a hundred pounds. <laughs> People are like, that's amazing. <laughs> You talked about the C. diff diet in your Largo <laughs> set. I mean, but truly, it was just, I would just, I was like a skeleton. And, um, um, but yeah, then I spoke with a nutritionist. I started taking probiotics. And it turns out you should be taking a probiotic every day, by the way. And it should be a refrigerated probiotic. I just feel, <laughs> I, I have to tell people that, like, really. It is good to take, but also if you're taking antibiotics, just it will counterbalance that, um, you know, possibility of getting C. diff. And also, my podcast is sponsored by a company that makes probiotics. So <laughs> but we're not saying what company it is. Say, but if you go on my website and click yes, probiotics. Take. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You should be. And by the way, I haven't been taking my probiotic because I came up here without it and haven't bought another one. Let's all go out and buy some, guys. Really, not right though. now. Really, though. C. diff is not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> um, you've, kind of so, you, you've kind of sold it <laughs> to be super awesome. So I'm everybody sorry goes that you're home and pours out, out their probiotics. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get this. <laughs> And watch the pounds, pounds melt say. away. Yep. Um, yeah, so then that happened. And then... Uh, so you're... And when we, when, when we spoke after, your, after you lost your mom, um, you had said, you know, did I say... Did I talk about her on, on the episode? Did I talk about her? Did I say anything mm-hmm. that I would not want to have said given everything that's happened and you hadn't uh-huh. and I said the only thing that you had said um, on the podcast was just that you had just well one thing that you said that I love that a lot of people wrote in and said they loved was that your mom would just tell everybody to go to hell oh yeah yeah if, yeah if things got you know yeah if anyone had a problem with me or with her she was like well sweetie tell them to go to hell <laughs> who has a problem with you tell them to go to hell and I said, I wished I had more of that. And that I feel like a lot of us probably do, is that we probably could have used somebody to, just saying, yeah. I'm go to hell. I mean, there's like this I thing. mean, that's basically what Scientology is. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not with you, tell them to go to hell. Yeah, I, 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 I feel very lucky for that. I mean, my mother was very, she was very wild, very funny. She's an artist. She was a painter. She used the outside of our house as her canvas and and she was wild she was she was the cool funny mother and it was great but then there were times where i was just like could you just like you know be more of a mom yeah just i don't know make dinner or something (laughs) you know but like she would climb trees with me and and um and just she you know she did anything to like make me laugh and would drive us through the drive-through at a fast food restaurant in reverse so I could order. <laughs> so, like, my face would pop up. I'd be like, hi. <laughs> Can I get a milkshake? And, uh, you know, so she just... <laughs> she was funny. Um, but, uh, 
But yeah. Um, had you, I mean, had you experienced any kind of loss like that in your family before that happened? I mean, there's no loss like losing your of mother. Course. I mean, it's just like, oof, that was brutal. Uh, my mother was 65, and, um, you know, it, uh, yeah, I know. I, I lost grandmother, grandparents, I've lost friends. Of course, that has been brutal. But, you know, I, I had this service on my phone because uh, I'm hard to get a hold of. But it'll, uh, it transfers uh, voicemail to text. Um, and uh, when I got out of the hospital, it was my birthday a couple of days after I got out. And I missed my mother's phone call on my birthday. And so a couple of days later, I was driving and my phone rang and it popped up and said, Parents. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I went to grab it because I was like, oh, that's my mother calling. And, um, and when I went to get it, I missed the call. And then the text came through that said, Tig, this is Rick. That's my stepfather. And he's like, Tig, this is Rick. Uh, I have horrible news. Your mother fell, and she's not going to make it. And I was just like reading that on my phone just it was like I was talking to you backstage about like surrendering like I had to surrender so many times in four months like all these things happened to me in just four months and and it's really it's you're just what can you do I mean when I when I called my stepfather I was like can I talk to her and he said no you can't ever talk to her again and I was just like what I just I was so confused and and it I I couldn't process it I I thought my mother was lying there like Caltig you know but no she you know, it was one of those cases where she hit her head and she was okay and she got up and they're watching Jimmy Kimmel and and my stepfather checked her head and she was fine you know seemed fine and then he went to bed and in the morning she was sitting you know, in the same place and had blood coming from her nose and mouth and was not conscious. And and then I flew out and we took her, he, they put her on life support. And uh, it was just like, there is not, I mean, for three weeks I was inconsolable. I was just literally lying under my bed, my childhood bed, just like, no. Like, the thought of not being able to see or talk to my mother again? I just, I, uh, no, I've never experienced any any sort of loss. It just, I, I've always kind of felt in life like good feels good and bad feels bad and sad feels sad, but that was a sad I had never felt. It was, it, it, it's not, it's not the same. It, I always tell people I, my, what I kept feeling was I wanted my mother when I lost my mother because that's who you go to, you know? And I just, I was like, I need my mother. Oh, oh my God, I need my mother right now to help me lose my mother, you know? It just was so, it was brutal. Did you have 
Um, did you have any moments where you still felt her? Do you did you did did anything like that happen? I mean, or, or, in terms no, of what your I, perception of what happens or what how to how you know? No, I you know I I'm not a religious person. I'm not even like a spiritual person. I'm 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 just a person. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and I was with my mother when she died, like one on one, and uh, it was twelve hours. When I thought when somebody's taken off life support, that I th- you know, like in movies, like they just pass away, and you're like, oh. Um, but I don't know. Have you been in that situation? It's it's they. It's like gasping for one breath every ten seconds. It's just brutal, oh, and it's just like. You're watching. I, it, there was nothing like, oh, and this <laughs> wind came through the window, and a I know my mother. Lit yeah, on the window at, like it was so brutal and debit. Like I was, I was in this position. Like I was about to, like I guess I look like I'm about to catch a football, but I was like this next to my mother for 12 hours, Jesus. just like because she was just gasping for air and so I, I I didn't know when she was going to die I didn't know I had 12 hours in front of me and I was just like you know talking to her I didn't I know she didn't hear me you know I mean some people feel that people hear them and that the wind comes through the window and and the bird and all and all that and and I appreciate that people feel that I didn't feel it at all I felt like my mother can't hear me but I also didn't think it took away from telling her everything I never told her or wished I had told her. Um, I still felt like this was, I, it still was cathartic and it was still, um, I still needed that. And, um, and I, but no, I didn't feel anything other than pure devastation, you know, um, and I was still sick. It was just such a dark time, you know? Like, and I just kept thinking, like, if my mother saw, she would be so sad, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm, like, in pain, like, <sighs> 12 hours, you know? It was, it, was, it was such a dark time. I can't even explain. Yeah. And I know that <clears throat> you've sort of, <clears throat> if memory serves, described yourself as, I think we're all like this to a certain degree is that when you hear about horrible things happening to other people you feel a a sympathy for them and and sometimes when you know somebody that a a series of bad things happens to you do sort of take a step back and go like whoa they're really having a hard time but it is very removed from whatever your own experience is and and then when you become that person you're like oh i'm really having a hard time (laughs) Like, oh, this is what, oh, now I'm the person that other people are like, oh, geez, they're really, but it's, but it, but it, I mean, it's, I don't know, in my experience of having even a a fraction of that happen to me, um, you know, just a few things happening in a row, um, it, it, it kind of messed with my, on top of everything else, obviously, I'm not saying this is the most important piece of this, but that there is an, there was an identity crisis in a sense too, for me, which was just, Oh, am I 
oh, am I the person that this happens to? And how? And does that change who I am or how I respond to it now? And that was just something that came up for me when, when you did the Largo set and when you sort of responded the way that you did a handful of days after you were diagnosed with cancer was also just how, how does this, how do these things that befall me that I have to surrender to to a certain degree shape or change if they even do, who I am and how I present myself to other people and how I deal with the news and how I communicate that news to other people and all of that. Yeah, I felt like I truly... It was it was so ridiculous. When I had pneumonia for two weeks, I was, I was uh, shooting a movie and I had just come off a tour and, you know, just regular different kinds of plans or things that come up and, and you have to just keep saying no and I'm sick and God, you're still sick? Yeah, I'm still sick. And uh, it's real bad. And, uh, you know, now I'm in the hospital. I have this thing that, and nobody knows what C. diff is. I remember I was just like deteriorating and I didn't really share it with people because when you have cancer, everybody goes, oh, I know what that is. And, oh, that's horrible. But C. diff was killing me. And what happens is you your kidneys fail, and but it got my point is it got it 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 got it got to the point. <laughs> finally, I feel tick, yeah. Finally, I feel comfortable enough to show my truth. <laughs> so yeah, it got to the point, right? <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it got to that point, <laughs> and um, so it got to that point where. Um, I just, I was embarrassed to say what was happening to me because I felt like such damaged goods. And it, it was embarrassing to, every time somebody contacted me, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm okay from pneumonia, but I'm now in the hospital uh, with this thing. Uh, okay, yeah, I just got out. Um, and my mother died days after I got out of the hospital. It wasn't like... Weeks or months, it was days that I was on a plane to Texas. So it, I started to feel like friends were going to maybe just be like, this is, I feel sorry for you, but this is a bit much. Right. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I, was, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I was like, when they'd be like, hey, how, how are you feeling? I'm okay, but my mother just died. Like, it was just like, you know... And then right after my mother's death, I went through a breakup, and, like weeks later. And so it added to that feeling of like, just maybe don't get in touch with me. <laughs> you know, I don't, I really, I, I didn't know what to, I, I felt so silly going, yeah, we, we broke up. Like, uh, you know, yeah. it just was, it was, yeah, I, I started to wonder if, I was done, that I was just going to kind of disappear somewhere because... Well, that's, yeah, that I just was, I mean, do you wake up looking forward to anything after you've been hit so hard repeatedly? Wee! I mean, right? Let's get this day started. Because that's, yeah, I mean, that's how I would feel, like I would welcome the numb feeling because it was at least something less you know, attention, like, like it didn't demand the kind of attention that grief or anxiety or panic, all that kind of stuff. I didn't have any numb feeling. You never had numb. No, I felt I was so, um, you know, I was just, I was, it was so heightened and I was, and I'm not a crybaby in real life. 
believe it or not. I'm just, I'm a pretty, like, I need to have all the facts, and then I'll make a, you know, like, assess things, and I kind of get this. And, but um, I was a baby, and I was in, yeah, just physical and emotional pain like never before. And, um, but, uh, but yes, and I don't remember what your question was. I, 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 I think we established that you didn't have any numb feelings, which I, yeah, that's... Like, no, I didn't feel numb. I felt so the opposite of, of numb. And um, I kept, on my CD, I talk about how I remember walking, like parking my car. And just, I mean, I felt a little catatonic in a way. I mean, I wasn't numb, but I was just like, I felt like somebody had really been kicking the hell out of me. Like, I just, yeah. I, you know, would go to the grocery store to get food. And I was just like, why am I getting food? Why am I trying to sustain my life? You know, yeah, that made me laugh when you said, these yeah. ears got to work so I can hear more bad news. Yeah. <laughs> got to stay alive and keep my ears working so I can hear more bad news. So good. So good. So horrible. That's how so I was feeling. I, was, I remember that's what I was thinking, walking to the grocery store. That's, that's, that was my thought. I was like, Understandable. what am I doing? Like, why am I trying to stay alive? So, uh, and I, I love to be alive. But I was reaching a point where I kind of was, when I was deteriorating from C. diff, I just was kind of like, well, you know, I've had a really good life. I, I've traveled the world. I've been in love. I've been so happy with my career. And, and I just really didn't have a complaint. I, and I tell people, I, it almost feels like what I went through was a wasted lesson. Because nobody that knows me would be like, you know who needs a wake-up call? <laughs> I mean, thank God all this happened. It's good. Because <laughs> I, I just am kind of like, yeah, I love my life. Like, I'm happy. And, uh, but I was kind of, I'm okay if I die. You know, I'm not somebody that's been in this horrible country where I've been you know, beaten and abused every day and starving and then killed horribly. You know, like, yeah. uh, just... I know my dad always says, not as a way to make me feel worse about something in the sort of, like, children are starving elsewhere kind of naggy way, but just he would always say, I, you know, how lucky I was to be born in this century, to be born in mm-hmm. this country, to be born to, you know, intelligent parents who took care of me. To, to have the troubles have, that you have exactly. in this world that I mean, we it, live in. When like you look in at this, the, like the span of humanity yeah. to be so terribly lucky, all of us, to be in a place in our lives where we can just make the decision to be at a podcast on an afternoon, on a Saturday afternoon together is a tremendous gift, which isn't to say, again, that we don't have problems that we have to get through. Like, it can't be about haranguing yourself because you still feel emotions when something terrible happens to you, but that on a daily basis, you're sort of checking in with the reality that you know, there is good fortune at play if you want to look at it that way. I, yeah, I mean, my brain, even before all this, but it would, I always go to such severe things like, gosh, if things got really bad, I, I, there are trash cans I can dig out of, you know? I can rob a store and, and eat food, you know? I can, I, can, I can go to jail and have shelter. Like, we, there's options. 
There I are. You take it to that. Extreme. I'm serious. I always go to that level. I mean, and some people are just freegans and they like digging through trash cans. I know, but it's not I, even necessarily an extreme thing. So please don't judge. I I realize. I realized a second later you said freegans, and I thought you were. I thought you said some people are freegans. You know. <laughs> I was like, it got to the point. Yeah, it got to the point where, where was, we were all freaking. You know? <laughs> um, in all seriousness, is it possible that if you had died from C. diff, because I know you said that you felt like you'd been had a great life up to that point, would your one regret have been, I didn't send that picture to Janet Varney? <laughs> in all seriousness. Or I would have been like, I think I'll send a picture now to Janet. Yeah. <laughs> And then I would tour the country <laughs> saying, the last thing Tignataro did. Well, yeah, I took a picture of myself when I was at my lowest point with C. diff. And I do look like straight out of the concentration camps. Um, but I took a picture of myself just because my now ex was coming out to stay with me because I couldn't leave for like a month or month and a half after I got to Texas. And, and I wanted to send a picture and I looked so gross. <laughs> I looked so gross. Um, and so I took a picture of myself, but I smiled really big. <laughs> Just because it was so pathetic. <laughs> so I was like lying in bed at my mother's house. And I was just like, I was a skeleton. And I took this picture of myself and I was like, <laughs> and um and my arm was up and it's just like a bone <laughs> oh, no. and she was just like she called just like oh my god we what? have got to break up <laughs> <laughs> you're not as sexy as i thought it was so gross like i just became one of those people that was used to my pants falling off when i walked <laughs> Tig, oh, oh right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Uh, so, okay. So chronologically, where, how much time in between we've 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 seen we've we've seen the pneumonia, the C diff, mom, breakup, breakup. Mm -hmm. How long after breakup? How much time between that and diagnosis? I think it was roughly, uh, I think it was like a month and a half later. (laughs) Bragging. (laughs) It's a charmed life. Um, Yeah, I, and it's interesting because then looking back, I, I had mentioned, I had noticed a lump like a year ago. And I told my doctor and, and she's like, Oh, you know, this doesn't feel suspicious or, um, and I was like, Oh, okay. I, I just wasn't concerned and she didn't seem concerned. And then after I got out of the hospital for C. diff, I had to go back for just different checkups and testing and, and stuff. And, and, uh, and that's when I said, you know, still have this lump and and my doctor was like oh you know it doesn't feel too weird but might as well get a mammogram you're 40 
And so I was like, okay. And so I had a mammogram and then they called and said, you know, it came back abnormal. And I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, but that happens all the time. Um, don't freak out, you know. Uh, just go in for another test, and it'll take like 45 minutes max. I'm sure you're fine. I was like, totally. Which, I mean, but you wouldn't want to have the opposite. You know what I mean? Because I, I had some. I had the same experience with my thyroid uh-huh. having a, you know, and they, and they each time as the stakes escalated, yeah. they were like. This next step is yeah. gonna you're gonna be fine. Yeah. And then you get the call that's like, all right, listen. I Nothing's know we said fine. you weren't gonna have to yeah. I know we said you weren't gonna have to do the next step. You gotta yeah. do this next step. All right, we gotta do a biopsy. But again, <laughs> you know Well, I was at the hospital that for that was supposed to take forty five minutes. I was there for five hours. They they told me to go get lunch and to come back and I was like, Okay. <laughs> and they were like Get something that you like. I mean, if you were a prisoner on death row, like what would you like? Really treat yourself. Like what would you really want to eat? Like if you were never going to eat, and a maybe meal say goodbye to all your loved ones. <laughs> this doesn't look good. Um, but I was, I was so in the mindset that, and I can't. I mean, knowing what I know now, it seems crazy to say like I didn't think I had cancer, but I really did not think I had cancer at all. I, I thought odds I didn't have cancer like doesn't the universe know my mother just died and I had C. diff and pneumonia and just went through a I I don't have cancer of course I thought they the reason that I was at the hospital or the cancer center for five hours was because they were being overly cautious because I came in saying I had a lump not because they found one so I was just going through ultrasound and everything just for hours. And I wanted to go say, look, I know I don't have cancer. You guys can relax. And, uh, but I mean, I was like, this is, this is silly guys. Um, I thought it was like protocol. Like if somebody says they have a lump, then you have to like act extra concern. And so, uh, but yeah, I was just lying there. I was only dealing with nurses and technicians at that point. And so at the end of the day, I was lying on um, the, uh, the hospital bed. Um, and the doctor came in finally. And she was like, you know, she walked in and closed the door. And she's like, how are you? Oh. And I was lying there. And I was like... I'm fine. <laughs> and she said, okay. Well, and I was thinking, Tig, you're not a dramatic person, but this seems dramatic. <laughs> and you thought she was hitting on you too. I thought she was probably hot for me. <laughs> I was like, I was not good until you walked in. I'm teasing Tig because on my podcast uh, and, and since then we've joked about the fact that she never knows when someone's coming on to her. So I'm just forcing a bunch of situations that are super <laughs> uncomfortable to imagine someone coming on to her <laughs> down her throat in front of you. Not only do I not know when someone's coming on to me, even if I have a lot of experience 
showing that they like me, I wake up the next day. And isn't today Groundhog's Day? Today's Groundhog's Day. I wake up just like, oh, I don't think they like me. (laughs) It's it's real. Like, my friends... Are you just sick reset. of it. You they're reset just, that clock. Yeah, they're like, you're an intelligent person except for this one malfunction. It's like you're a dumb dummy. And I'm just like, I don't know. It, it's anyway. Um, nobody likes me. Not even this doctor who had closed the door behind you yeah. and was um, looking at you. <clears throat> she was staring at my chest. Yeah. <laughs> and I still didn't know she was into me. Gross. Tacky. I was like, hello, up here. <laughs> so she's like, she said, well, we, f- we saw the lump that you came in for, but we also found something on the other side. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah. And, um, and I said, are you concerned? And she said, uh, yeah, actually I am. And I was like, wait a minute. This is not how today is supposed to be going. And I said, and then again, my head just keeps going, there's no way. Like, I, I just, and I'm not dramatic, but this feels dramatic. I, I, just, I couldn't recognize what was happening. And I said, are you saying there's a chance that I have cancer? And she said, uh, I can't... Um, confirm anything without a biopsy but based on everything that we've seen today it looks very probable that you do and I was just like but my mother just died (laughs) again that was one of those moments where I was like I want my mother you know I just or you know it's just I couldn't have felt more alone you know um and uh, she asked if I had any questions. I was so stunned. I, I just, no, not a thing. I just, I drove home, you know. I, I called my manager and my friend. I was just like, I, I don't know. I, I was like, I feel like I've been told I have cancer, but I haven't been told I have cancer. It was just this weird purgatory. And they were like, you don't have cancer. They're, you know, this stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I have cancer either. <laughs> uh, so I had biopsies done, and then <clears throat> I had cancer. <laughs> Both sides. And, um, yeah, so that was a bit much, I have to say. <laughs> I was just like... how. Did you get a wink of sleep over those four months? I just can't imagine I mean, being able to turn your brain and heart off long honestly, enough to yeah. rest. In the hospital, it's impossible to get sleep yeah. because they come in and they're checking your vitals every two hours and blood and, you know, just taking blood and, you know, that. No, I didn't sleep. And then, yeah, when my mother died, I couldn't sleep. It was, no, I, I was so deprived that I can't even I can't even explain um and then you know diagnosed with cancer they couldn't tell me they told me that my tumor on the left side was invasive and that it could have possibly spread and so I was I was just like 
oh no this this is my life like this is this is this is my life i it, and then again it was that feeling when i talked to people i was like i have cancer it just you know but my friends are uh, so amazing it's crazy i know it seems obvious but that your friends would be there but so there Mm. so there I, I, even when I was in the hospital with C. diff my, I, 24 hours a day there, I had six people that were there from the time I woke up to went to sleep I mean I, I was never alone and, and you know my mother's funeral they wanted to fly out to be with me and I, I just you know it was uh, that's huge but no not a lot of not a lot of sleep I wasn't like <laughs> night night sweet dreams oh yeah I'm gonna sleep in tomorrow <laughs> yeah it's easy to I, of course I mean know. I can't I just can't yeah. obviously, obviously I can't imagine yeah and um, I can't even imagine getting I mean I know that you were in shock but I I can't even imagine getting into the car after she said what she said to you in that room yeah I, I just can't I just can't I can't I can't I can sort of project you know I think anybody who is even slightly a, a hypochondriac you know you hear somebody else talk about something that they go through and your first thought is like oh that's gonna happen to me that's definitely gonna happen to me and then some and then something actually happens to you and then you're like this happens to other people, not me. Yeah. Like the same per like I have, I have done that. I have been like, I definitely have that. And then I've gotten it. And then I've gone. Yeah. How am I? The no, 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 no. I know I said I knew I had it, but I wasn't serious. Yeah. That I'm happens not, to other people over there. I'm not the one that has cancer and their mother dies. Like that's just I get not to me. feel bad for those people that it happens to. <laughs> for a little while. Sure. <laughs> And then I forget. I mean... Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a lot of sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> and so how long uh, between... You know, obviously they found the cancer. You had a double mastectomy. I had a double mastectomy, um, which was another moment of surrender. Because, I, you know, I have to say that's the moment that my, my aunt came out to be, you know, it was so weird because my stepfather is a very stoic, removed person that never understood me my whole life. And that was who I was left with in the world. <laughs> I was like, hey. I so, have cancer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know how we never really talk? Uh, I wanted to talk to you about my boobs. <laughs> but he he was he was great and at my losing my mother and me being diagnosed and everything like really kind of rattled him and woke him up on this level where 2 years ago he was telling me I should go to business school. <laughs> like even when I was like successful paying like living my he was like oh you know should probably go to college <laughs> I was like my body is shutting down I'm already like looking into retirement like what do you mean college like this is it 
Um, but uh, what was your question? I don't remember. We're not listening. This is. Oh yeah, it was. It, well, you, we were talking about the moment of surrender with the mistake. Oh yeah, this. but I, I just, you know, I wanted to see my stepfather. Like I, I, I wanted. I didn't feel comfortable with him being there when I had my surgery. You know, we just didn't have that history where it felt totally right. But um, anyway, my aunt came out and she was, you know, at my side and. Sarah Silverman was there. Like, right when I was on the gurney about to, like, go into surgery, even though I had been told, you, have, you are riddled with cancer. It's, it's all Please in Please tell there. me they didn't use that word. <laughs> no, but before the How surgery... How are you? <laughs> You're riddled with cancer. Basically, I was lying there at the cancer center. The doctor comes in, swings open the door, and says, oh, my God, you're riddled with cancer. <laughs> and then a bunch of photographers with flashbacks. It doesn't look good. of you. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, and I was like, ah! Um, no, but I, uh, I, of course, had all this information that I had cancer and, and whatever, but I didn't really picture and know what I was in for. And I had made the decision meeting with surgeons that I didn't want reconstructive surgery. It's something that they just, they go, oh, you get a double mastectomy, then you have reconstructive surgery. And I was saying that. Double D's. Double D's. For Tig Notaro. We're going to get you porn jugs. (laughs) You're going to be riddled with porn jobs. (laughs) That'll lift yours and everyone else's spirits when they look at you. Um, (laughs) But... You know, I, I was sitting there at the third consultation with this different doctor, and, um, and, you know, there's so many different ways for reconstructive surgery. You know, we can inject you with this. We can, you know, pull the muscle around from the back and do, you know, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, God, nobody ever said the option of not having reconstructive surgery. And I was sitting there just, it's a much longer recovery time and it's much more painful and I didn't have big jugs to begin with (laughs) and I just I wasn't really identifying with this whole process I and I kept thinking anytime I took my shirt off alone or with anybody else I feel like I'd always be like with fake boobs I feel like I'd always be like so these are my boobs Like, I felt like I could, I would never be able to just be a person, like you know? You still, like, almost like you were still wearing something. Yeah. Even though I you just had taken I everything like, off. I understand that. But I, I mean, I know that it's different for everyone, but I think I, I, I think totally, I would feel the same way. I certainly don't know. It's, you know, I don't know. There's no way of knowing until you're and this in is, front of it. But. Just so you know, like, there was cancer, like, below my nipples, like, I don't have nipples. Like I and I wouldn't have them had I had reconstructive surgery. And so I just thought, God, I feel like I can relate more to just having scars. And I called my friend Kyle and I said, I feel like I, I felt like a freak. I felt like a monster because I was like not wanting reconstructive surgery. And I said, I think I just want to have scars. And Kyle said, yeah, like that makes sense. Especially for you, it just seems like that that's okay. And I was like, well, as soon as I heard that was okay, I, yeah. I was okay. And, but 
I wasn't okay. Because what I was saying before was that the surrender in the moment of when you're on the gurney and they're wheeling you in, that was when I, the moment that I realized I liked my body. I never even knew or thought about it really in life. And then when I was on the gurney and, and they were wheeling me away, in my head I was like dragging my fingertips along the walls. I was so not wanting to do this. And when I told Sarah that later, she was like, there was nothing about you that said you were struggling in any way. And I think that it is that moment where you feel like you have to be the strong one because my aunt was like crying and and I didn't want to be like, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like she'd be like, oh, God. you know, it just, I just didn't want to put that on anybody. Um, so that was another moment of surrender was uh, having my, you know, my jugs ripped off. <laughs> jugs. Jugs go with buns, that's for sure. They're in a dumpster somewhere in Hollywood. Um, (laughs) It's weird that they wouldn't... No, somebody just like twirled them up. (laughs) Tossed them in a dumpster right in the heart of Hollywood. Yeah. That's not even where it happened, is it? No, it is, actually. In the heart of Hollywood? (laughs) Yeah, on on Hollywood Boulevard. What I'm asking is, is it part of a tour now? I was could lying you take on. A, could you take the bus tour? Yeah, I was lying on yeah. Flip Wilson's star. Yeah, I love that they let you choose which star you were going to lie on. That's wonderful. I don't even know if he has a star, <laughs> but I was just like, take me to Flip Star. <laughs> Flip Wilson? Okay. <laughs> I know the other Flip who has a star. <laughs> uh, uh, so, and I want to. Uh, open this up to audience questions as well in just a minute but I, I no thank you <laughs> if you let me finish if you let me finish I want to but Tig has said that that can't happen uh, no um, but the, I mean I, I, not to rush to the oh my god you're sitting here and you're cancer free and, and, and fucking hallelujah but you are yeah I am and not a teat on me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck that shit. Not a one. Not a one, Janet. But no. But even nah. All right. <laughs> she turns around. I got him on the back. Why? Because I Why could. not? <laughs> That's why you were sitting funny. Oh my god! Yeah. At the beginning, porn jugs in the back. back there. And, so I have to always sit like this. I didn't put it together. Oh my god! Um, I uh, I I know that I am not the first person to say this, nor will I be the last. But um, I wish that none of that had happened to you. I certainly am incredibly inspired and and so moved and uh and i just fucking think you're incredible and i watching what you went through and having you share it with people and uh and acknowledge that it was horrible and it was horrible i don't know if that came across (laughs) it was not a good time it was not my favorite you got a lot of sleep maybe i wasn't listening Uh, um but you know i will say that every 
in the process of having to surrender to things, it it um it really does make room and make way for like when you really do surrender and say, Okay, this is what it is, it it makes way for for things to happen, like things for goodness. Like there was so there is so much goodness that came into my life after that. It, it, I don't want to leave here and have people think I, I, my life is so tremendous. Like it was before, and it's so tremendous. Like I can't, every, every horrible thing birthed a new wonderful thing. And what, you know, not that, it, it's, Getting asked the question of would I take things away, you know, would I, you know, it's so hard to, I, I hate that I lost my mother, but it, it did bring this awakening in my stepfather that nobody ever thought that they would have seen. And, um, and he now supports my comedy career. <laughs> Having and, said uh, that, <laughs> you still might want to consider going to business school. I'm just now that, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. True. That is true, but uh, but yeah, every part. Like even you know the the cancer has you know, it. My story. People heard about my story, and it my CD. I feel like was able to help people that were even just having a rotten day at the office. Because um, their boss, a man, a male was boss, being mean to them. And then, like, after, after my relationship that ended, that I had an awakening about what I was looking for and what I, in relationships, what I did. It, it, was, a, it was an awakening that I, I just don't think I would have had as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and uh, so anywhere, anywhere from my health, my family, romantic life, career, everything kind of got better in ways. But that's not to say, again, it, it's hard lumping my mother in with that because it's like, of course I don't. But to your point, it's, about, it's, it's, it's circumstances you can't control. So when you're on the other side of them, mm-hmm. you know you couldn't have changed anything. Mm-hmm. Being so able to do... identify what the positive that came out of it is sort of all you can do moving, to move forward in a, in a good way after that surrendering. Right. Um, can we, do you want to do something really silly now that we've done something? Do you want to do the, the, the JV club ending to... Uh, I guess it's sort of the equivalent of telling the bee on the freeway joke. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, on my podcast... For those that haven't heard the CD. <laughs> you guys got to get on that. It is an my extraordinary experience. Um, uh, I like to play the game of MASH with my guests. I don't know if you've played it or if you remember. I have. I forgot about yeah. it. It's so now like... you have your whole life stretching out in front of you. Uh, I can only assume you're going to go to business school. But if you don't, and if you didn't, I'm going to give you uh, some options to have a, a very strange imaginary life um, that we're going to find out what happens just Good, by I would a love series to have of a strange life. Yeah, you instead of the super bland one you've had the last year. 
Can we're I get some more water happen. up here? Yeah. <laughs> Who's in charge of that? Guys. You, you joke, but like my mouth is so dry that I feel like I have already Mine drank Mine is too, bottles. but have you gone through two bottles? Not yet. I mean, would we but be able we to... But we will before we finish this MASH game. I'm committed to that. We wouldn't be able to, to talk. Like if we finished two bottles, what we would both just be like... Oh, I definitely have to pee also. <laughs> I really have to pee. I regret what I drank. Um... <laughs> faster, faster, take faster. <sighs> you got to drink yours too, Janet. <sighs> How are you guys just sitting out there not hydrating? It's got to be good to listen to. Yeah. Big time. Okay. Take mash. If you are we doing mash or Q and A with the audience, it's one or the other. Um, no, I think we can race through this and then do a little of both. But we we we've, we've gone an hour. No, you can't do both. You can't handle both. No, I don't know how long we've been up here. It feels uh, like we've we're been, winding we, down. We've been up you here take an your hour. Out. We're gonna knock out this game of mash. We'll uh-huh. do a few audience uh, questions, right, guys? You want to hear about you? Uh, trust me, mash will be worth it. Um, Go ahead. If you could live, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if you are you hydrated? If you could, oh, Heather actually thought you were serious and brought more water. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead. Dig. If you could live in a land uh-huh. that is an imaginary land, like science fiction land, I need three sci-fi lands that you would want to live in. Could be uh, something from Lord of the Rings. Dagobah. Yep. <laughs> I knew you'd have something ready. Take another. Yep. Yeah, you got enough water? What else? <sighs> Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Love it. How you doing? You okay? Yeah. Because you seem thirsty. Well, yeah. I've been been sitting here. The third place would be... Could I use the lifeline? Sure. Wait, wait. <laughs> What'd the first person say? Wa- the water world. Water world. <laughs> Very good. If you could uh, have another, like a, like a talent that you don't have. <laughs> I know. Is it the end of? If yeah, you, like like you like I know you play guitar. Maybe you always wish that you played the tuba. Maybe you wish you could speak a foreign language that you can't speak. Okay, okay, yeah, sure, I get it. I always, I mean, I love the oboe. Great, love it. Um, I wish I could tap dance. Mm-hmm. 
I wish I could play the piano. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, what about like a like a, if you could have a friend from I wish I from could history? Fly. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good actually because I have a superpower question too. So I've already added fly in. Thank you. So what would your other two superpowers be? Uh, to be able to tell when somebody likes me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> to um, superpower. I mean, yeah, fly. Did I already say that? Mm-hmm. You want a lifeline? Um, this could be part of the audience Q and A slash participation. Yeah, lifeline. Wait, is that my ex? (laughs) Um, To give a damn when somebody likes you. (laughs) To finally care about something. Anything! (laughs) To maybe soften up a little from time to time. How about that for a superpower? And then the the door slams. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not good at being liked. (laughs) Mm. I like invisible. Yep. Uh, Three dream girls. Three dream girls? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please don't list the cast of Dream Girls. <laughs> Beyonce. Was Beyonce in there? I don't even think so. I don't know. Oh. That's the same. Is she? Dream. That's a Dream Girl. Dream Girls? Beyonce's in Dream Girls? Yeah. Beyonce. Great. <laughs> Who else is in Dream Girls? You know, this is so silly. Um. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, here's the thing, is I don't follow television and film, never watched Friends, but I fly a lot, and I don't ever put headphones in. I'll listen to music, and so I watch a lot of movies and TV shows without sound. And I saw Jennifer Aniston in Along Came Polly, and I was like... <laughs> I love it. But, I love it. And you don't even know what her voice sounds like. No. She has a very deep voice. <laughs> we all just accept it. That was her back there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, again, this was based on a movie I saw on I a plane. It. Drew Barrymore. Great. Huh? Good taste? Yeah. You've won approval from two of my friends. What did you say? My two friends are sitting there. They've given you approval. They were shaking their heads at you the whole rest of this. But now that you like Drew Barrymore... I love that you said my two friends. My two friends. Those are my two friends. Don't try it. Don't do it. Don't do it. They're my friends. Want to hang out? 
this. This is not... Oh, this is... So insulting. I can't... What if one of them didn't have working arms? (laughs) (laughs) That's my fear from doing a lot of live shows. Because, like, you'll talk to somebody and be like, oh, there's a problem there. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea of you doing a set, anxiously scanning the crowd to make sure, like, I don't... Okay, everybody's got all their limbs. Okay, I can continue Everybody got all their limbs? Everybody can talk? All right, let's get started. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I'll just do one more so that we can uh, take a couple questions. Um, Yeah. uh, uh, three bands that would provide the soundtrack to your life if you had the volume turned down on everything in your life and just had music playing there as well. So Jennifer Aniston is talking to you, but you just hear this music. <laughs> Who are those three bands? I like it. I mean, Beatles, Willie Nelson, um... I love Chrissy Hine. I'm not sure if the pretenders are in my... uh, Please don't laugh at that. (laughs) Please don't yell at me. (laughs) What is wrong with your audience? The only two friends I have here are those two right there. Those are my friends. No, they're not. Um, not Taylor Dane, but good one. <laughs> Willie Nelson, the Beatles. I, I act like this is all, all facts. Like this we is have to I get it about, right. But this is what I love about MASH is that it really, I've never had a guest just be like, eh, I don't know, whatever, this, this, and this. People really are like, what would I do? Well, I, I've really been listening a lot to Wilco lately. Uh, please be quiet. <laughs> Oh, Lucinda Williams. Oh, Lucinda nice. Williams. Nice. Oh, you're furious. Okay, uh, tell me when to stop. Huh? Don't, be, don't do a thing where you go on forever. I'll just stop on my own. Tell me when to stop. What do you mean? I'm going to take that and stop. One, two, three. Okay. Um, there, is a, uh, there is a wireless mic that's some, that I think Gabe has. You seem you like you just game? snapped into crazy out of nowhere. I did. I, did. I, thought like, I, would fi- I thought I would do the math. You were just like doodling and then you were like, there's a wireless mic. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a wireless Sometimes mic. Sometimes I see things. Sometimes I see things. I really feel like there might have been a wireless mic. <laughs> Sir, what are you doing? He has a wireless mic. What is that? Oh, Gabe has a picture. Are for you a you. precious person? Thank you. Is that Yoda? Yeah. Gabe, Gabe is Gabe is a Gabe is a, a friend of mine that I met through my podcast. He's also oh, he's a fan your of, friend. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. And he Star only came Wars. here because you were doing this podcast. But he um, he also made um, these JV Club buttons, and he made enough for everybody here. So if you um, as you're leaving, there will be someone with, with, with buttons. Uh, one just says the JV Club. One is just the, my logo, which is the little smiling face with braces. So Not um, cool, take Gabe. One, take one or both. I don't know why Not this cool. is upsetting, Tig, but uh, it is. 
and there is a wireless mic that you have. I really feel like there was a wireless mic. <laughs> do you want to, uh, why, why don't I uh, do some mash calculations while some of you guys ask, uh, take some questions? Because this should take me, I got to get an algorithm going. This will be like an hour of me figuring this out. Nobody has a question. Nobody has a question. Thank you so much for coming. Hi. How, what advice do you have for a young comedian? Somebody who wants to... Wait, what'd you say? Advice for a young person who might want to be in this business? Uh, Young, but like how much? Like six weeks old? Um, well, all I say is you have to, whatever, stand up or whatever, you have to want to do it all the time. And that's, you know, I, I've met a lot of comedians that were young, six-week-old comedians <laughs> that will be like, you know, how many times a week did you do it? Like, I was thinking about doing it, you know, two or three times a week, and, and I think you know if you're asking that question you don't want to do it you know you you want to do it all the time it's your focus and so it it drives you and i think it's like anything that you do it has to drive you so if you're not doing it all the time good luck <laughs> all right so thank you so much <laughs> anybody else have a question Slow down, Gabe. Back there with the biggest Starbucks cup they make because we almost it's did been this a long in the week. morning. Yeah. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Probably, um, probably dead. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, stuff oh. happens to me. <laughs> no, in five years, um, I will be 40 six years old um ooh this is gonna be if something does happen this is gonna be sad to listen back on okay picture that something does happen to me and then you're going back to hear this in five years (laughs) I wish we had some sad music to play some can you do it in post sure okay or could somebody is somebody musical can you hum something sad can you? Okay. Thank you, the random sir, also known as Scott Adsit from 30 Rock. Um, I'll, I'll fake a harmonica. Okay. Yeah, so in like, I don't know, like in five years, I see myself getting this guy a harmonica. That is so... Now you like it. I loved it the whole way through. (laughs) My favorite thing to do is to go up to somebody, like I'm going to kiss them, but then just ask them a question and be like, when do you think... uh... (laughs) That is really impressive. Thank you. Are, Are you hitting on me? Yeah, yeah. You're exactly what I'm looking for. 
I can't tell if you like me, though. I don't have any breasts. Nor do I. <laughs> this is going to work. Let's make our chest kiss. I'll be honest, you're not the first that I've chest kissed with. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you, Harmonica Man. Harmonica that Man. Your question. In five years, I, I, I just I hope to be um, doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> sounds very boring. I, I wouldn't mind having kids. I'll be honest with you. With you. <laughs> huh? It's not okay. <laughs> that was exactly what I was looking at. <laughs> all right, next question. When all of this happened afterwards, um, <laughs> I'm in the middle. Okay, when I'll all talk like this. Go ahead. After, after all of this awful stuff happened to you, were you worried you wouldn't be able to incorporate it in your act or did you hesitate before <laughs> talk I'm inside <laughs> May- balcony maybe oh yeah he's up there in the balcony <laughs> when all this happened was I scared what were, were you worried for lack of a better way to describe it that it wouldn't be funny that you couldn't talk about it in your act as a comedian um well yeah I when I did my show at Largo, I did the show because I had written out 10 pages of what had happened in my life, and I had brought it to Ira Glass at This American Life because he wanted me to be on the show again, and I wanted to talk about, because he wanted me to do this story I had pitched about my wisdom teeth being taken out. And, uh... <laughs> wow. Thank you. Um... But at the time, when he was wanting me to put that on the show, I I said, you know, I'm not feeling... It doesn't feel very authentic to be talking about that right now when I'm in the middle of hell. I feel like talking about this. And so I met with him, and he read the 10 pages, and I went up to his office, and he just was like, this is so depressing. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) This is my life. I, I don't know what to do. And he said... You need to, if and when you ever find any of this stuff funny, you need to do this on stage because that is your power, is your live performance. And I, was, I just left his office like, <laughs> just <laughs> sit and spin, buddy. <laughs> but it was one of those moments in life where something keeps, you know in your brain it just I kept hearing Ira telling me that and so I was writing things down um, and kind of just reworking ideas and um, and so I did that and then I hadn't even been diagnosed with cancer when I met with him and, and then when I got diagnosed with cancer I had already had a show booked at Largo and then I, I cancelled that and then they, the owner said, why don't we move the show? Because I was not in the mood to perform. 
I, I didn't feel like a comedian. I just felt like a shell of a human. And uh, so I canceled that, and, and he mo- the owner moved it to the following week and said, just in case you feel like performing, it's there for you. And I was like, yeah, right. And then, uh, and then I went in, after I was diagnosed the following week, I had my meeting with my oncologist, and that's when they told me my tumor was invasive and that it had possibly spread. And then I got the text from Flanagan, the owner, saying, are we doing the show? And I just wrote, yeah. I mean, I didn't know if I was dying. I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to do stand-up again. I didn't necessarily feel funny, but I just I felt compelled, and I had this idea when I was in the shower beforehand to because I didn't know how to get into all the material, and and that was the first thing that really made me laugh was when I thought about walking on stage and just saying hi while everyone's clapping. I just was like, I have cancer. Hi, how is everybody doing tonight? And when I thought about that, it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and then I was like, I can't do that. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to do that. <laughs> and then that was kind of the first funny thing that really struck me. But I was very confused and I didn't know. And, I, and I'm not going to be taking that material from my live album and touring with it or anything. But I'm working on a one-person show to kind of expound upon those ideas and moments and do more of a story, but but I'm not going to be touring like hey uh, yeah anybody had cancer? <laughs> hey, how about this cancer? <laughs> I walk, I walk, I walk. <laughs> you know. I love that character. I don't know. Uh, it's not a character. It's it's uh, it's a new me. And okay, I'm embracing it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I don't mind that I'm known for what I've gone through, but I do, I have confidence that I can rise above and, and be me still, but I'm not going to be on, you know, I'm going to want to give back and be helpful, but I'm not going to be on a cancer tour. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I, do, I really don't know. I'm just now getting back to performing and being in public and, breathing you know let's um let's i don't know how many questions Just seven more questions yeah. and then maybe maybe one maybe one more i think we have one down here and then uh and then we'll we'll mash it and out and then we'll take then three we'll, more after we'll that release everyone <laughs> who's running this show uh gabe is there a documentary being made about you tig there is did you know that Saw cameras following you around. Oh yeah, the past couple days. <laughs> I thought that, that was. I, I was like, first of all, I don't know who you are. <laughs> um, Tig, do you have a lot of Adidas in your closet? <laughs> Maybe you want to talk about that, huh? Um, yes, there is a documentary being made about me, um, and. Uh, I didn't seek it out. Uh, people ask, they're like, did you let, set this up? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, but, yeah, just it's kind of just about me. <laughs> yeah, it's a documentary about me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're cool. They're all uh, really wonderful people. They work on the show Intervention, and uh, it's 
It's not affiliated with intervention. And it's not affiliated with A&E or anything like that. But the people that do the, you know, the film crew and some of the producers and editors, um, they collectively are working on this. And, um, and I think they're going to follow me for at least a year and just kind of see how all of this shakes out, the, the good and the bad, because I've had extreme of both. Uh, extreme from the good and the bad. So, yeah, they're, they're following that. Um, well, I wonder if they're going to be able to capture with their camera lens. Oh, do we have an answer to something? Uh, the fact that you... <laughs> yeah. Live in what I can only assume is a very cozy house. On Digba. <laughs> Swampy. It's moist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, you know. It's a house. I'm pleased uh, that it's a house because that means that uh, there's room enough for your piano. Oh, good. Because you are a pianist. Pianist. Digba. Pianist. Uh, to I reiterate, always hear this you piano. Live in the Digba system. Somebody's always tickling the ivories out in Digba. Yep. yep. Uh, much to Yoda the with his little claws. Your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clankety clanky. Um, clankety clankety. <laughs> you, when you're not playing the piano, the rest of your life is backed by a soundtrack courtesy Willie Nelson. Hello, heaven. <laughs> and he's here now. <laughs> and he's here right now with Maybe Chrissy Hind. Chrissy Hind. Aim high, Janet. Uh, I want to congratulate you on your relationship with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I think it's going to be tricky. <laughs> the good news is... She's were, married. Way, you were able to recognize that she liked you because that is your superpower, Tignataro. Congratulations. You can finally tell when someone likes you. Oh, it feels good. Now it's your responsibility to show some emotion and give a damn, Slam. <laughs> that was your ex. Slam. That was your ex. Guys, thank you so much for coming. Just four more questions. <laughs> Tig, thank you so much for doing the podcast again. Thanks for having me. Have you. Are you kidding me? Please be seen. This is outrageous. And now you're screaming like I'm your favorite band? Oh my God, this is too much. I'm not. You guys, please. I'm not saying you have to buy my album, but please feel free to buy my album. Please do, guys. And uh, again, thanks for coming. And uh, make sure to get your buttons if you want them. Gabe, thanks for making those. Uh, And uh, check out the JV Club podcast online. See you at the top.
as always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 